episode eight. Episode eight of the Seeker Strength Podcast. Yeah. Today's episode is going to be focused on how to program for yourself mainly. You can apply it to others too, I suppose. Yeah. But if you're pl- if you're programming for others, I hope you're not trying to learn from our podcast because <laughs> you shouldn't You'll be never doing, get our secrets. You shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> uh, so today is focused on basically anyone doing any kind of strength training in the gym. Weightlifters, powerlifters, crossfitters, gym bros, athletes. There'll be different caveats for some of them. Yeah. Um, are we a bit loud in your ears, though? Um, two seconds. We have that volume changed from. No, no. It's amazing how you go partially deaf after working with a belt sander for the day. Huh? Is that better? Ah, now? yeah, that's better now. So, we'll just jump right into it. Yeah. Where you should start from, I suppose, is you need to decide. Do you have a competition coming up? So yeah. for the powerlifters, weightlifters, and crossfitters, that's pretty easy. Yeah. So pick a competition. Make sure it's not too far away. Or don't pick a competition if you don't want. But <laughs> you need a date having a competition will change your training. Is yeah. really what we're trying to say, I suppose. Yeah. So, and if you're an athlete, if you're um, a, f- a fighter or you're a rugby player, you play a real sport. Like if you play a real sport, yeah, you probably can't be doing more than two days gym work probably not and you won't be progressing realistically no nope. you should be like maintaining it's not that you shouldn't try to progress but you just realistically will try to maintain what you've gotten in the off season yeah but for everyone else if you're a powerlifter or a weightlifter or a crossfitter fairly similar training styles in terms of like picking stuff leading up to competition yeah so if you pick say you have a date in your mind three months is kind of a good lead in for most normal people mm-hmm. um say three months you want to start off by kind of being honest with yourself and setting some realistic goals so you know what you're trying to work towards yeah um so say if like well, jimmy that, is two years into weightlifting you don't want to be too conservative either though no well in weightlifting you can be a bit you probably should be a bit conservative but yeah for, i think for powerlifting you can probably a bit more, a bit more audacious. Get after it. Yeah. A little bit, yeah, I think. But so start off, It'll be there set your like long-term goal, or it's not even long-term, but set your goal for the end of the training cycle and then take a step back and say, what goals do I need to hit along the way? So mm-hmm. if you're like, if all you want to do is bench press 140, mm-hmm. um, say, okay, I want to bench press 140 in five months. First, I need to be able to do 130, 130 then yeah. 130 for reps yeah then 35 then 135 for reps and then go for there so i suppose and where you need to start is you need to just look at the a big macro at the moment yeah. and you need to be really honest with yourself on things like how many days a week can you yeah. train oh my god yeah so like a lot of the time say for example with our program we'll just take ours for example seems it is the seek strength podcast and we do so program and mm. uh, people will be like can I change this to a five or six day week program? Yeah. And you're like, you definitely can. And we're not going to tell you no. But we're telling you no. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. Like, if say, you got to look at a whole host of other things, right? Because stress on your body is still stress, regardless if it comes from training or from weightlifting or from powerlifting or your gym work. So the stress from the gym will help you get better. But the stress from life will affect your gym work. Yeah. But it won't make you better at your gym work. Yeah. So it's if we have someone who's like a twenty year old, they're in Cotton. second year in university. Yeah. It's the summertime. It's the summertime. Ten hours a week working. And they're like, 
oh, Darren Gurf, can I go from a four-day week to a five-day week? Definitely can. Definitely can. If you're like Bob and Bob is 30. You won't buy day jobs. full-time job that <laughs> yeah. involves some manual labor and he's only been weightlifting for a year and suddenly he wants to do five days a week. Yeah. That's probably not the best idea. Bob has two kids, gets four and a half hours sleep total tonight. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, Bob, compared to the students, have such different recovery capacities. Even that recovery is like just like the, the stress you experience from all the other stuff. It's just going to fuck up your training. Yeah, and just your rate of adaptation is going to be so different. Like, yeah. Even yeah. like if you think about your mental capacity to focus on your training. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I've got twins at home and I need to fucking get milk at the shop. Mortgage is due. Yeah. Or if you're Mary there. Mary hates me. Jimmy, I hate my wife. <laughs> or you're like Jimmy, who's a, the student in, at fucking in summer break or whatever, yeah. summer fucking holidays. And you're like, might go drinking tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't go drinking. Yeah. You know, like that's the difference that's in those mental, like sometimes it might work, you know, sometimes you might be like, this, you know, Bob might be like, this is my training time and I'm going to fucking kill it. Like, you know, yeah. whereas the student but might most be of the time it doesn't most work of, like that. You're just going to be stressed off your tea. Yeah. So like if you take, you've now, you've picked set it out your goal. Mm-hmm. You've picked some small goals you want to hit on the way. Yeah. You need You've to, been super honest with yourself and had like a bit of a one-to-one, dara-to-dara, girth-to-girth chat and be like, this is how many times I can train yeah. and get away with it. Also, the other thing you don't want to do is train six days one week yeah, and then exactly. you're fucked and you could only train two days the next week. Yeah. So be like super objective. You want to put in like, the other thing is to be efficient, you don't need to be training every day. No. Like if you get better with four days a week, then why the fuck would you do seven days a week mm-hmm. and not get any better than you would before? Exactly. Minimum amount of effort yeah. for the most results. Yeah. So if even like Dara was saying there, if some weeks you can train five times a week and other weeks you can only train once, or let's say twice, right? You are much better off just being like training twice every yeah. week. That's all you should do. And if that's if all you're guaranteed you can do every week and you know for a fact that you can't or won't set aside more time than that, then two times an average of two every week is far more productive yeah way more productive and you build like you build good habits yeah good patterns yeah you you know exactly how long it takes to recover yeah your food intake and your calories aren't going to be all over the place yeah you're not going to be like fucked and hobbling around the place yeah like consistency is everything like let's say you're a powerlifter and you're like on mondays i bench and squat yeah and you know every monday you thinking about it the next week you're like monday now i did let's say today i did 100 for five like next monday you're going to do 105 for three sets of three or something yeah like you can think about that and you know on monday and then by the time you get to monday you're ready to do it you know yeah whereas if on monday you're like i might get to train Thursday week and you're like you don't know it's just you've no mental capacity there to prep for that yeah 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 and it is like there's a lot of subconscious things go into training and go into like prepping for training yeah so we know when we're competing we know the frequency of how often we're going to train. The next thing we probably need to look at is like the actual intensity of our sessions. The length of them, yeah. Yeah, so like there's no point you going to the gym and doing 15 minutes of do snatches for five minutes, clean jerks for five minutes, squat for five minutes. Because mm-hmm. you're going to get no training adaptation. Yeah. The exact same argument goes for there's no point going to the gym and doing 28 sets of snatches mm-hmm. and then going home after four hours. Exactly. So honest one-to-one chat with yourself again and be like i can probably get away with an hour and a half or two hours also if you're if you're a field athlete or, or an mma athlete or yeah. a fighter when you're taking into consideration the number of days you're training too as well it your 
gym work is just one big existence yeah it's just your sessions in your actual sport are far more important much more important yeah deliberate practice so if you have to practice if you can only come to the gym once instead of three times a week if you're an athlete then that's a real athlete yeah that's far more important definitely yeah so let's say you've got your sessions you've got your competition you're going to look at if you think you like you want to be consistent in the length of your sessions too so if you're looking at an hour a session you think what's the most productive i can do like dara's saying there's no point doing four hours of one thing and then 15 minutes of something else so if you know only on mondays you only an hour of a session just use it to do your snatches try to get better one thing or your deadlift or your bench or whatever yeah 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 and make sure you're hitting those things regularly so if you're sitting down with your a4 pad in front of you or your spreadsheet in front of you Mm -hmm. you know it's four sessions a week and then next thing you do like like Garth was saying you look at how you're going to break up each session so like a nice way to do it is like probably two thirds of the session is going to be if you're a strength athlete is going to be like deliberate lifts so like competition lifts or classic lifts and then the last third is probably going to be accessories um for for powerlifters and weight or for powerlifters and weightlifters yeah, that's basically yeah, yeah. what it's going to look like yeah yeah so like um if that's we'll take jimmy again who's like the 20 year old yeah he's going to be training for two hours um can be so leisurely and he's warm up can take 20 minutes to, yeah. to fix some mobility issues he needs to do yeah and like so if that's 120 minutes in total he'll have 80 minutes of deliberate practice there so that's a nice amount of time yeah. to work on his snatches working his clean and jerks get some squats done and then he has like 40 minutes at the end for yeah a fair bit of accessory work yeah um and two hours of training isn't a huge amount so it's like that honest thing again of let's take a step back look at it from like a macro scale mm-hmm. how are we going to plan out the session how am i going to divide up things if you love squatting mm-hmm. most of the time yeah we'll end up fucking off and doing squats an hour and a half of squats another thing as well is if you were programming for yourself and you don't have a coach definitely record everything you do and be re- like again be honest and write down what you did because in six months time you might remember that week where you did let's say you came in on the friday and you're like you hit a, a 100 kilo snatch and on the wednesday you did high hang snatches and you're like jesus these high hang snatches really make my snatch great yeah and you're like i'm gonna remember this now in the future i'm gonna keep doing these but you'd be surprised what happens in six months where you're like oh, what did i tell you that time yeah, i first snatched 100 doesn't feel good now anymore yeah um write down everything you do so I actually so for my personally I have a coach so I don't write down anything I write down goals and sometimes write down cues in my head so I'm trying to remember but in terms of loading and ex- um, exercises I write down nothing I just yeah, look at my PDF because it's all written down for you that's a benefit of having a coach yeah but if you're if you're programming yourself be religious in recording what you did number of sets number of warm up sets number of reps sets weights yeah. everything and like it's mad the amount of time that happens where like you do like two months of a certain like derivative lift you know mm-hmm. you're doing like pulls before you do snatches yeah or like two pulls and a snatch and it really fixes say your second pull in the snatch mm-hmm. and then that issue gets fixed you mm-hmm. go into like a taper or you go and do a competition you do your competition and then you do your competition everything's great yeah and then you're like go back to snatching and like oh shit you, what worked yeah you, you know? can't remember like you yeah you do your four to five weeks after that competition you're like you're, you're missing 10 kilos less than you were at the competition yeah and you make that old mistake and you're like 
and you'd be su- you'd be really surprised at how much you forget about how you're often doing. you forget yeah because you do so many training sessions and so many sets and so many reps and different exercises that they just kind of blur into one yeah and you really think you'll remember but it's it's, su- it's super important and you can remember what doesn't work too i think a big thing if you like if you are sitting down listening to this now and you want to go away and write your own program mm. it is a big responsibility you know huge responsibility you have to wear the coach's hat when you're prescribing the sessions or when you're analyzing your videos and then you have to wear the athlete hat that when you show up to training you're yep. going to do what's on the program and exactly, you're not going to yeah. fuck off and do whatever is good like you know like a good rule of thumb is probably to look at the program as if it was somebody else's yeah and if you were looking at that program would you think that this is dumb yeah and if you are you've probably written a bad program and you're doing stuff that's stupid like, like Dara was saying if you love squats and you see squats six times a week and you're a yeah. powerlifter you're like maybe this person pretend it's someone else and you're like maybe yeah. this person isn't need, doesn't need to squat this much vice versa yeah. if you're <laughs> if you hate an exercise yeah, yeah if you hate an exercise like oh I don't have to do four sets of weighted chin ups yeah and uh, like walking planks after yeah you probably do you know if you've written in the program there's a reason for it yeah so it is like it's a huge responsibility to coach yourself there's a reason people pay for programs and pay for coaches yeah um and there's there's, there's a reason there's good coaches and bad coaches you know it's not it's not an easy thing to do no it's it's um it's kind of like there is definitely science to it yeah there's also making up the art to it too (laughs) and it's hard to explain why sometimes some things work yeah there's not also there's nothing wrong with doing things you like doing too because at the end of the day if you're listening to this there's a good chance, bar some of the athletes, you're not getting paid to f- train full time. Yeah. So you should definitely do things you like doing because if you don't enjoy the training, for obvious reasons, you're just going to not enjoy it. Yeah. Now, getting better is the ultimate enjoyment for sure. But I really like doing back squats. <laughs> and I like doing, say, for like, sometimes doing the things you like will also make you better at the bad things, even though they might and not directly do it. Realistically, your lifts are so good because your back squats are very strong. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, there's no point in trying to make yourself bad at something you're naturally good at. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if your pressing is very strong, you shouldn't just stop pressing because it's way better than everything. Exactly. Like, so sometimes you'll see, like, um, uh, you'll see a lifter, like, say, Tushiki is a good example there. We all know yeah. he's a crazy squat. And people are like, his lifts are just so shit compared to his squat. But sometimes people don't think about the fact that maybe Toshiki's lifts are good, yeah. but he's just really good at squatting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he didn't put a whole lot of effort into getting his squat better. Yeah. It's very likely, and it, I'd say it's almost certain, that his squat got better because he's just very talented at it. Yeah. And it's not that he's not doing his lifts with serious dedication. Also, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't gone to Toshiki's Instagram page, yeah. go right now. If you think my squat is nice, that's not Oh, even, my God. His squat is amazing. It's immaculate. But it's just that he's built... Yeah, for that particular style of squat, he's very wide in his stance, but um, yeah, it just definitely, definitely do the things you like. Yeah. So like, if you're a powerlifter and you love dumbbell benching before your bench or after your bench, then yeah, do it unless it's hurting you. Okay, so we've talked about frequency, we talked about intensity of the sessions, how we're going to divide up our test sessions. What we start need to look at now is like type of exercises we use. So if we take, we're going to take quick jump into weightlifting now quick jump into powerlifting quick jump into what an athlete would do and and what crossfitters would do so for weightlifting a lot of the time how we tend to fix issues if it's not a direct cueing issue we're going to use something like a complex or a derivative of a lift to fix it so So why do complexes work do you think to fix complexes work because they force you to have to focus on something Mm -hmm. say if the complex is like um, two snatch pulls and a snatch 
they force you to have to concentrate on like maybe the finish of the pull especially if you don't have a coach yeah really and like it's a thing of taking a step back like we've said it so many times already but step back really analyze what you need yeah and it might be these programs might take 10 days to write you know because every time you go back to your laptop or every time you look at your book again be like fuck it yeah it definitely is the second bullet my saturday to fix but don't give it a chance yeah i want to say three to six months but don't change it at least for three weeks no give it the three weeks yeah and like don't do don't do the thing where you do the session once you're like oh that was so hard i'm not gonna do it again or, yeah yeah and like if it was oh it's so easy i'm gonna add more straight away you know mm-hmm. there's a reason you write programs like that yeah and if you've written it and sat at your desk and written it assuming you've enough experience yeah give it a chance so say if you're a weightlifter in general for weightlifters sessions start off with the snatch like you win a competition but there's a reason yep. for that because the snatch is more technical so we start off with our snatch or our snatch derivative or our snatch complex so let's say we have a lifter who misses behind all the time yeah so there's a good chance that lifter swings the bar a lot yeah so let's say that lifter does a we'll say we're a lifter okay and we're looking usually about every f- one to four weeks we were pressing the weights and then we reset again um so that lifter let's say will start off with a complex of two high pulls yeah. and two full snatches and he'll do it let's say he's max 100 so he does that at 65 kilos yeah so let's say next week on day one of week two he'll do two high pulls two full snatches with 70 kilos and then in the third week we're going to progress the weight but we're also going to change our complex a little bit so we're going to do one high pull and two full snatches think everyone knows where this is going so on week four we're going to oh my god it. oh my god he's going to do i'm going to do it what, how many oh. one of each so one high pull and one fun satch then Boom. on week four and we'll do 75 kilos or something like that or 70 say oh, sorry 80 kilos probably at this stage and we probably for that kind of complex we'll keep the number of sets relatively similar so maybe we'll start off with four to five four to six sets at the start yeah and we'll end up at no less than three to four by the end of that yeah. maybe five still if his technique is good yeah and then we'll move on to our clean and jerk so we might do another complex or maybe we just do full clean and jerks because that's all we need to do yeah so say uh, maybe the only issue in the clean and jerk is that you start to get you get buried by the clean mm-hmm. so it might be that we actually just keep it at full clean and jerks because and we need to add in some more front squats yeah um, because the clean and jerk getting better more clean jerks won't make us stronger no because getting buried is probably from our front squat yeah so then you might need to prioritize your front squat before your clean and jerk you yeah. might need to go my clean and jerk technique is really good and you've had an honest opinion and someone else has been like Do you know Dara your clean and jerk technique is really good but you're weak as shit nobody's ever said that no one's ever said that <laughs> but someone might say that Dara yeah and they might be like Dara your fucking front squat is shit though and you go they've definitely said that they've definitely said that so let's say you're clean and jerking 100 and your best front squat's 105 or something yeah you might be like maybe I should do my front squats first now you might not have to but it might be an idea if, yeah. you're, if you're really struggling to get your front squat better yeah so what might, what might a, a powerlifter do so then for a powerlifter um, realistically you might just be targeting one of the lifts in particular hmm. so much um, less derivatives are needed yeah and like say if it's someone like you who's transitioning from another sport or just transitioning in general mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
it could be like you have a good squat you have a fairly good deadlift but you have a shit bench yeah so what we're going to start looking at then is um if owen's writing his program he's probably going to squat twice a week he's probably going to deadlift once or twice a week but then he's going to end up benching three to four times a week yeah and that's where we'll start um prioritizing it not initially though so I, like i wouldn't there doesn't no. mean jump straight into no, three times no. a week. And if it's a thing that like yeah. you're just starting to come over to powerlifting, mm-hmm. you should definitely just start by running Once very standardized cycle. Yeah. Um and even like you should be running more kind of bench press orientated stuff while you're still weightlifting, yeah. just to make that transition a bit easier. Um other things you might need to look at is like if you need to add muscle mass to an area, mm-hmm. if you need to increase mobility in an area, if you need to increase power production. Um, or general work capacity. Yeah. So like the the someone that's using powerlifting might start with their bench might be the first exercise. Yeah. And rather than realistically they're bar the deadlift, there's gonna be no complexes or very few derivatives very few. that you won't do as assistance exercises. So realistically what you're manipulating when you're a powerlifter is your sets, reps, intensity and potentially tempo, especially the um squat and or bench and deadlift you're going to be manipulating tempo a lot too just to change things up but for squatting it could be small manipulations as well like yeah whether you're going to use a belt whether you're going to be using knee wraps close grip close grip yeah definitely close grip and wide grip on the bench pause deadlift bar, low bar yeah so like you just look at same way the weightlifter would look at missing things behind let's say your bench is really shit at the bottom you yeah. might be looking at your technique you might be missing a lot of muscle mass in your upper back maybe yeah so you'd start thinking so i'll do my bench as normal and i'll make the weights but then i'll really focus on upright like rows weighted chin-ups try to get a really wider back better stability something like that you know yeah 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 definitely but for the for the powerlifters in particular you're for weightlifting you're building to kind of hit heavy weights as frequently as it makes sense yeah but for the powerlifter we're looking at realistically maxing at the competition yeah never maxing really uh, no almost no. never and like if we've gotten everything right so far right if we've gotten our frequency and the intensity of our sessions it should never be that you're not making the weight yeah you know it's not like i'm gonna go oh i five by five in a squat tonight i'm not sure if i'm gonna make it at at whatever you know yeah we, like we should have that planned and we should have a good enough if realistically if you don't have that much of awareness of the volume your body can handle without getting super fatigued you probably should have a coach definitely you know if if that level of experience isn't there now i suppose as advice goes we would almost certainly recommend that you do get a coach yeah doesn't i'm not saying just get us as a coach i mean no 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 just anyone um so then if you're if you're a crossfitter things are a bit more uh blurred yeah because you will need to be doing weightlifting and powerlifting you can apply the previous advice yeah but also you are more of an athlete more of a sense of athlete than powerlifters and weightlifters are yeah you You're have to be great. absolutely on the ball yeah i i would almost go to say so far as that if you were a seriously competitive crossfitter you should have a coach yeah almost without fail i can't think of anyone i know no who personally who i would know is good enough to and do and like it. those days of like Rich Froning giving the interviews where it's like oh I just show up to the gym and do the what and I, yeah I just decide and we kind of had a chat he's a degree in sport and exercise science mm-hmm. the guys he was training with were all like 
high level athletes. Yeah. He was an SNC coach for a college ba- uh, football team. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, he was. He was actually. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like they're not you, you know. Yeah, exactly. And like he has, he's an extremely gifted genetic profile. So he might be progressing in spite of that because of you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it's and then yet when you hear him speak and when he speaks in detail, especially in the early days, you know, he'd be like, oh we just show up and do whatever we're going to do in the morning but we're running 5-3-1 on this yeah or um yeah. we ran like what we ran um small of whatever on on presses you know mm-hmm. like there's always structure and people love the idea of this i'm gonna show up and, and do whatever you know in crossfit yeah really like, in crossfit yeah yeah or like whatever the boys are doing at the gym i'm gonna do too you know there's a thing in programming i've noticed and everybody is guilty of this if you're programming for yourself is you want to make it as simple as possible because whether you're you're I hate I don't want to use the word too lazy but maybe that's what it is you're too lazy to put in the effort to think about it or you're just kind of too afraid yeah and you don't want to make it too complicated whereas you just go you just want to simplify things as much as possible and don't do what you need to do you know and it's not simple no it's not simple I mean if you're doing CrossFit in particular there's so much that you need to do yeah if you're a competitive CrossFitter like you really so with like with weightlifting and powerlifting and traditional strength sports you're keeping say if you're a juggler you're keeping two or three balls in the air at all time yeah and then you're make you're maintaining body weight you're maintaining a level of physicality that's that's appropriate and your Once, snatch and clean jerk ball is always the exact same ball yeah all the time <laughs> everywhere like, you go if you're a crossfitter mm-hmm. it goes you know the two balls of weightlifting the three of powerlifting yeah then you add in all the other strength stuff like the strange apparatus um like yeah, the all this weird strong stuff. stuff then you're talking about the whole area of aerobic capacity yeah and then just general power production and output then gymnastics gymnastics running swimming swimming like anything you can think of it is incredibly difficult even for like amateur uh like uh, not amateur elite but amateur full-time competitive crossfitters yeah so not full-time in that they're training. level they're not full-time com- compete training but they're full-time like they're they're doing the sport of crossfit as yeah. i suppose they really the amount you have to train for now is is uh, crazy you know crazy yeah so realistically it's very hard to break it down to how you program that for yourself like in all honesty yeah you should just really have a coach because you're just never going to be so objective with yourself that when you're doing crossfit programming that you're going to do everything right you know no and uh, like you nobody is nobody's that objective no you know not with that many variables no 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 and like you don't have the objectivity that comes from being a professional athlete where you have to be objective mm-hmm. you have to cover all your bases yeah. or else you're not going to get paid you know you're doing it as a hobby um for crossfit it, it's incredibly difficult and if that means going out and taking um say like the invictus program online which is free or like one of those programs which is online taking that and using it as a template you can always go and be like oh i want to use these guys for a weightlifting program instead or i want to yeah go use jack gymnastics for certain gymnastics progressions and plug those in but you really do need some kind of a template definitely definitely any kind of template is much better than yeah just being free and easy and trying to do the yeah yeah the class yeah. water so then where would you even start i suppose with a crossfitter because so obviously for the strength training like we said you can just do 
you can apply the previous advice yeah in terms of your aerobic capacity and stuff i think you really need to look at where you might have surplus where you might have deficits so if running is a particular strength of yours or if it's a particular weakness you need to be adding that in more or taking out less um certain things like running or biking mightn't be incredibly fatiguing on you it might be something that you can actually add in and it's almost volume for free you know yeah so it's it's kind of similar principle you're like what am i shit at what am i good at so i'm going to keep doing what i'm good at and make myself better with not putting what i'm bad at at a detriment yeah but then if it's something (coughs) like um say gymnastics from the hang so like gymnastics on bears gymnastics on rings if it's that kind of stuff you're bad at you're going to have to sacrifice some weightlifting stuff yeah um, and some of the strength stuff because it's just so fatiguing on your lats so fatiguing on your hands and your shoulders and your upper back um and like that's where you really have to be smart you know it's where you have to really start paying attention that okay on the day i'm doing uh deadlifts from the floor i'm doing hang power cleans that are heavy sets I'm not then going to be able to do bare muscle-ups afterwards. Or on the quality of those bare muscle-ups and the capacity and the amount I can do are going to be very low. Yeah, that's not going to be the day <coughs> I focus on that bare muscle-up technique. It does seem to be a trend, though, that most of um, most CrossFitters, it seems to be like kind of worldwide thing, is most of them, is strength is the biggest weakness of all. Yeah. Because realistically, I suppose, it's just going to be a natural kind of selection in that regard, is that if you're bad at running and aerobic you're just not going to be doing crossfit no, so, no, full no. stop you know whereas yeah. if you're fairly good at them it's almost always strength that holds back like so if you look at the top crossfitters they're always really shit at the strength stuff realistically it's, it's, I think, yeah, I think relatively even relative to what they should be and what yeah. they're capable of like even if you just don't take the numbers so some of them are very good and it's definitely getting better slowly Yeah, but some of the numbers some of them like their technique, if you just put numbers aside, like technique, just, quality movement is poor. Yeah. You know? um, and not talking about bad technique, but there are what, they're, say like for some weightlifting techniques, some of the top crossfitters, they're what an average weightlifter might look like. And there's just no excuse yeah. for that when you're a full-time athlete. Not even, like if you look at like most weightlifting competitions, you won't see like the standout faults of you're jumping back by 12 inches, mm-hmm. you know, or you're bending the elbow by like, 20 degrees as it passes your knee you know i suppose you can kind of bulldog through aerobic stuff can't you rather than you've got to be really smart with weightlifting power yeah. training yeah 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 definitely i think then if we look at the field athlete stuff it's basically a combination of everything we just spoke about so if you're say off season there's just some gunshots going off outside uh, if it's off season, you're not going to have on the pitch or on the track sessions, or you mightn't have it. Be one. Yeah. Um. So that's not going to affect you too much. But then you really need to look at the past season or the past number of seasons and see where you've had decrements, where you really need to work on. If it's something like an injury prevention program, what areas have you been getting injured in? And it might be that you just need to be smarter or the exercise prescription during the season needs to be smarter you don't need to do anything off season but it could be like um you keep getting shoulder injuries from impact and you need to add yeah five kilos of muscle 10 kilos of muscle or you need to start working on ranges of motion and mobility and strengths in certain ranges of motion like numbers for the for those real athletes don't matter 
as such. No, no, no. The end goal isn't the number, it's the uh, no. improvement of whatever, like Dara was just saying there, which one of those capacities. Yeah, and like the number can be a nice little vector. Say if you were a, a front row in rugby and you need to get more <coughs> powerful, you need to be stronger, you need to be a more effective scrummager. Mm-hmm. Then we can say like, oh, his back squat's only 180 kilos. We want his back squat to be 100 or 210 kilos. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice little, yeah, it's a nice little vector by which we can measure like uh, effectiveness and scrummaging. Or uh, say if you're a sprinter and you need more power, mm-hmm. your start needs to be better, your level of acceleration needs to be better. Mm-hmm. And you can do, at the moment, you can only do hang power cleans with, with 60 kilos. Yeah, and with relatively poor technique. Yeah. Then by the end of the summer, we start seeing full power cleans or full cleans. Yeah. Um, probably power cleans would be better, but full cleans yeah. with better technique, with more speed at 80 kilos. Yeah. Then we have nice, measurable increases. Like a, your priority is a real athlete. I'm just using that to differentiate. Yeah. Don't take offense. It's a joke. I'm not a real athlete either. But your priority is always number one priority for an athlete like that is to be your sessions should never be at a detriment to your no. practice of your sports. So no. any sports specific training, your de- your priority is to not either injure yourself, fatigue yourself, or just use up too much energy focusing on your gym sessions. Yeah. So the other thing then I suppose is the off season is there for a reason, you know. Yeah. And um, you you see this a lot in younger athletes where you might only get like a month and a half or two months off a year and suddenly they're like oh i'm gonna hit the gym five days a week yeah you know and then you're mentally fatigued F- you're fuck. physically fatigued going into the season yeah if you might have played could you play 30 games of rugby in the season oh easily yeah 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 like so so then <laughs> it's off season for a reason yeah and like two gym sessions might be fucking loads for the yeah and, and then you go back in phenomenal shape yeah your body has recovered from everything it might have been fighting without you even realizing exactly yeah like you might have gained two kilos of muscle yeah you might have improved your ankle mobility your hip mobility or yeah fixed the neck injury you've had or something like that you know and then suddenly you're walking into the changing room or meeting up with the team and Thick. you're in great fucking Thick. If well, I see you might be frick thicker um, but you're also in a great mood in a really good headspace to go and attack yeah. whatever you need to go and attack you yeah know? you've like you've had two gym sessions there for uh, three months say yeah and every session is getting better and better and you were doing the Seeker Strength off season um, at least great program great program and you're, you're every week you were going up in your squat and your bench and yeah. like you're ready to attack the next session yeah 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 rather than you don't want to be a place where like say in weightlifting where you're like someone asked me in one of the comments of my videos they're like how's your CNS not burnt toast on like you you don't <laughs> want to be in a situation where you're like three months of hardcore gym sessions yeah then you have to go back to playing your sport again. yeah um so i will say that and like off seasons are great times to make some big changes yeah um and changes you won't be able like alterations of body weight mm-hmm. are almost impossible in season they you know uh, noticeable changes anyway the, the, you know the nba i think it was nba players that did like a i'd imagine it was nba where they did like a study in the on the muscle mass loss and it was yeah. like massive and yeah, you could yeah. best sports nutritionists in the world are probably helping those yeah and it was almost unavoidable yeah and like that like those boys are playing two and a half or two games a week um or i think it's like seven games in eight weeks or like joe it's, mm-hmm. it's a crazy amount anyway so their volume is through the roof but like it's really exacerbated in youth sport because mm-hmm. you got guys who are and girls who are like hormonal levels are all over the place 
great all over the place though yeah like they're, they're in a great place to make physiological changes but to try and keep weight on those over the course of a season is fucking impossible you know yeah. so um not to use rugby again as a, as an example but if there was fucking a soccer use it, player on, use it if there was a soccer player doing soccer go on okay if there's a rugby player yeah, who needed to gain, um 10 kilos of muscle yeah which is a fucking huge amount that it won't all be muscle no but if you want to like that's all it's something if you like, want to take a step up in a weight class or yeah. whatever you're going to be doing the off season is the time to do it and it's not going to be you're not going to gain a considerable amount of body mass and get better body composition at the same time or you're not going to get a significant change in maximal strength yeah and get way better mobility at the same time exactly you know if if it's if you've won off season a year pick what you want to do with it and then make a noticeable change in it would it be unfair to say or probably would be not unfair to say that if you have a good coach he may be like Dara you're in great condition oh they'll definitely tell your ball you. skills are shit yeah do you know so yeah, he might yeah. for the off season so there's no good in you being like he's in great condition I'm going to try gain 5 kilos in body weight you know yeah you just keep doing what you were doing I'd imagine yeah and try to figure out your yeah front. and like don't fall between two stools yeah and I'd like to harp back to what we were we, where we started with you can't shit in two toilets <laughs> you can't shit in two toilets um, to hear back to what we started with you know it's like the thing of I'm going to train six days this week and yeah. only one day next week you know you'd be far better off in that scenario like you'd train two days in the week yeah maintain your condition obviously you try and improve still but be like alright so I'm going to go to the pitch now for let's see your fly half or something yeah and you're like two half an hour sessions of just quality quality kicking or something yeah and you don't want to be f- your legs be fucked from back squatting like six no, by ten no, or, no 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 or let's no. say he's like you're really bad at your speed is slow you know yeah is that a good time do you think then in the off season yeah. like wrecking yourself in the gym then or would you be working on your ability to sprint um, in terms of speed yeah uh, speed you will not gain in the gym yeah um, exactly speed you'll gain on the track so you don't want to be fatigued then like no 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 and you can't like as a rule of thumb guys if you're trying to gain speed or if you're trying to work on your speed if you're doing a sprinting session and your time start going down, so that'll probably happen after kind of, it'll depend on mileage, but say if you're doing... Over the course of a session. Yeah, so yeah. say if you're doing 20 meter sprints and your recovery is ample in between each time, after probably six to eight sprints, your times will start going down and then that's the time you stop sprinting. Okay. So you don't do sprints anymore after that. Most of the re- the recent research that comes out on speed training so this is just make yourself faster and nothing else not power production will say running against resistance doesn't make you faster either what you want to look for is a very very slight decline so say if there's a pitch or if, say if there's like a green area close to you you want roughly a five to ten degree downhill slope and you should be sprinting down that hill and getting yourself used to like it's accommodated resistance so like it's bringing you faster down in your running so your body actually gets used to running faster you don't always need to be like pulling against a sled or you don't need to be sprinting up hills sprinting up hills is great for power production for getting really strong and things like that but it won't make you out and out faster it might give you the ability to accelerate a bit faster or get off the line faster but it won't make you out and out max speed faster so if you come back around 
So let's do the weightlifters and powerlifters again. Yeah. And we've done our first four weeks. We've yeah. done our first. We we say let's say we were that lifter who swings the bar a lot. We've done our high pull complex. So we've we're months of competition now. We don't have to worry about peaking for competition. We we're pretty sure. Say we've done four four weeks of that, and we are going to have to basically test if that worked. We yeah. want to we want to see. So just just for weightlifters now, okay. So we want to see if that technique issue was fixed. So while we might not go for an all-out max, we need to see what, let's say you got up to 80, like we were saying, and your max is 100. You want to get up to 90 or 93 kilos maybe, or more if you feel yeah. great. Go for it if you feel great, if it's in your plan. But you want to test if that worked. Yeah, so at the end of the four weeks, you want to have this. This should have been planned before you ever started a program that mm-hmm. I'm going to do a max of this complex. Yeah. So it mightn't even be a snatch max. It might be like, I'm going to go two plus one or one plus two or one plus one. I'm going to max this, see how it goes. If it's noticeably better than the start of the program. At this, it's at the end of those four weeks. Yeah, yeah. So if it's noticeably better and you can put those two videos side by side, you can say, I did it at 74 weeks ago. I can do it at 90 now. Then or it you, might be a thing that you keep going with that. Mm-hmm. Or you might say, I don't need to do it anymore because it's not an issue anymore. So either way, you want to figure out if it's better so you go either way does it look better do all your full snatches look better you stop swinging the bars really close to you once it gets past the hip or is it not better so it might not have gotten better no and it may not be worth going for a heavy single because there might the same issue might be there so then at that point you pick another four weeks or maybe six four to six weeks most likely four and you go how the okay my issue isn't fixed if it didn't get fixed at all are you doing enough of it? So is, you might have picked the right complex or the right derivative, but you're just not doing it often enough or maybe at high enough intensity. Yeah, more frequency, maybe. Yeah. Or else you might have just fucked up. You might have done something wrong. Yeah. You record that in your notebook. You go, hypos did not fix my swinging <laughs> of the bar. And you go, let's try high hang snatches. Yeah. So you do full snatch. You can try again. Let's say you do two full snatches and two high hang snatches. And then you work away down to the reps and the weights, up in the weights and down in the reps again. Yeah. And then at the end of those four weeks, your full snatch. And week five, you just do full snatch, say. And your snatch is way better. And you're like, fucking, I think high hang snatches make my snatch better. And you write that down. And, and from experience, right? At the time. Yeah. When you're like, oh, yes, it fixed it. Yeah. At the time, we all have the ego in our head that says. I don't need to do it anymore. I don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. I'm never going to forget it. Mm-hmm. No, why would I write this down? Why would I'm I never going to forget it. Yeah. High hang snatches is really easy to remember. I'm not going to forget yeah, this. Yeah, how the fuck am I going to forget this? And you're never going to do the high hang snatches again until eight months down the road. Exactly, that's the when problem. When you swing the bar at a competition, you, bang, you bomb out. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit. What was I doing? I need to do the high hang snatches again. Exactly. And because um, I know Vic Cohen has talked about this and he said you always kind of deviate back to the way you used to train. Yeah. But realistically, you might get better but at the end of the day you're still the same person yeah and it's yeah, likely yeah. you'll probably still have the same issues in eight years time if you don't keep fixing them now not major issues obviously from a beginner but if you're snatching 100 kilos and at 120 again you're swinging it again it's very handy if you have it written down and you're still coaching for yourself do you need to go I back i remember in october of this year mm-hmm. being like my jerk just dive bombed yeah and i was like oh what the fuck is happening here and i like technically there was nothing that wrong with it and i was like okay take a step back what the fuck's happening here 
we talked about it and we like I in my head for like two or three weeks I was like what the fuck is happening sent one text to Potty my old coach with, with like just one text being like Potty what's wrong with my jerk and he was like this is the video of 120 now this is the video of 150 three months ago and he goes what's your front squat and I was like oh shit and my front squat was like 25 kilos lighter yeah. like because you may not be aware so everything might be going really well at this period in time yeah and you might not be sure which one you might think you might be totally wrong so at that state of time you added the hang snatches you might have also been doing no contact muscle snatches for warm up yeah and it may not have been the hang snatches that fixed it but if you have recorded your no contact muscle snatches as well yeah in 8 months you go back and do the hang snatches but you have been doing the no contacts and then the hang snatches aren't working and you're like oh fuck it's not working and then you get really stressed yeah but you go back to your book and you go 6 months beforehand and, and you're those, like, like oh is there no contact and then you add them in those training journals are so important yeah. I have ones from when I was like 14 and 15 mm-hmm and it's like written in like crayon on like a copy book. Mary looked at me again today. <laughs> <laughs> Will she ever love me? It, but it is like, it's yeah. so like. Just bench 40 for four reps. It's a useful tool. Oh my God. Strong. It's like, and when you look at someone and you're like, what the fuck was I doing? Yeah. These but it, are stupid <laughs> sessions. Yeah. Um, but they are, they're like an yeah. invaluable tool and they're a tool that you can't buy. Like nobody. Mm-hmm like you can't buy that off any experience like no and so let's say you're a powerlifter and you've been doing four weeks of um i don't know, tempo del- tempo deadlift or something or the way you kind of address your progress is are the numbers getting easier yeah so if you're looking let's say you're doing some kind of bench and you're doing assistance exercise and in six weeks it's still not getting better it's getting let's say it's getting harder then you're in a situation where you need to really figure out what it is. Yeah, and like, it can be any number of things, and it's so... It's actually kind of harder to... Yeah, because... Part of thing is simpler in some ways. But it's also... Much harder to much fix. Much harder to figure out, you know? Yeah. And like, a lot of coaches will use like RPs, you know, which is like rate of perceived exertion, and you'll see like RP8, mm-hmm. RP9. It Be- depends whether it's like a Borg scale or not a Borg scale, but RPs are nice, right? But... RP only works if you understand what y- your RPE eight is. Yeah, like know. a nine might be a different nine on a different day. Like yeah, you know. and like some people will just have this feeling in their head that like, do you know, say an eight would be like, wasn't that difficult? Felt like I could do two more. Mm-hmm. Fuck it! Like when you do, when you do like two sixty, mm-hmm. that eight is going to feel completely different yeah. to someone else doing a hundred kilos. You know. And the problem with that as well is that, let's say, sometimes gen- this happens, 160 might feel like an RPE of 8 for me, Yeah. but then I get to 240 and it feels lighter. Yeah, Weights change. Yeah, yeah. Cause Weights f- do change yeah. and, and how they feel and that's why we don't use RPEs in our programs, you know, because yeah. training somebody to effectively use an RPE scale is the whole thing in itself. Um, it's but that's why training diaries are hugely in, helpful as well. And know? in our opinion, it might not be worth the effort. No, 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 no. And it's just like so subjective, and and people love. It's like this whole other area of being like boast. From yeah, like Joe this just hit a PB at RP six. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. It, it means nothing, you know. Yeah, yeah. And like so many like the level of free testosterone in your blood yeah will dictate your perceived pain yeah so how heavy so is like, like yeah you know? yeah yeah you can't it, there's so much going on there 
another thing with powerlifting is the plateaus will be a lot more obvious yeah very and obvious especially for, yeah especially for like say you're a girl you've been training for a year and a half mm-hmm. suddenly your, your gains are gone in that program that's worked for the last year and a half yeah and it's worked great and you've gone from a 60 kilo back squat to a 110 back squat and then suddenly it stops yeah and you run it for a cycle doesn't stop doesn't improve running for a cycle doesn't improve running for a cycle doesn't improve and then you're like what am i going to do now yeah i think that is where powerlifting becomes very challenging and we'll start looking for things novel or or different because those plateaus become so obvious whereas in weightlifting we can have a plateau and the plateau might last eight months but it's okay it's okay yeah we'll technically change something you might not even need to change something no you just Somebody might need arrive to at the gym. smash your head off against the wall. Yeah. You just might just have to keep up. doing it. Yeah. Like it might be okay that you're not progressing. But I would almost go so far as to say in powerlifting that bar an injury or you don't train or as hard. Or you're taking some time off. You shouldn't ever stop progressing. And progressing might be five kilos every four months. Yeah. But you still should always be progressing because the, ro- the route to success is very simple in powerlifting. But you just have to be really consistent with it. Yeah. And it's just because it's simple does not mean it's easy no definitely not and like it's it is very challenging but you have to see progress and that progress like like you were saying like that progress mightn't be competition bench press or it mightn't be one rep max squat but it might be 10 rep max squat but it probably should be though (laughs) probably it probably should be the thing yeah you just the biggest thing a part of thing i would imagine when you're programming is it's very hard for people to hold themselves back so in weightlifting, you can actually kind of get away with it because you do need to be touching heavier weights. Yeah. But in powerlifting, you need to be... So you, you should always be working towards a competition, in our opinion. Or if always you're not... sub-maximum. Yeah, like if you, even if you're not competing, you should be working towards a predefined max attempts. It's in three or six months or whatever, you know, whatever you're, whatever you're working on. Yeah. And you just... The biggest thing is you need to be very patient and just really stick to the fucking program you write for yeah. yourself. Yeah. That's like probably the most important maxing thing. Maxing does not help you. Not a part of thing. Building volume at lower intensities mm-hmm. definitely does help you. Yep. That's the difference, I suppose, between part of weightlifting there is that the variability in technique means weightlifting is kind of all over the shop. Yeah. So, like, the the amount of muscle you recruit and the pattern in which you recruit that muscle in weightlifting means that 80% or below it isn't indicative of what the, the lift is yeah so say 80 percent for you Griff, is like let's say it's like 135 i power snatched 135 two week last week was it last week i power snatched it it was a pb power snatch by yep. five kilos and this week i had to full snatch it and there was no if i don't if i didn't remember last week i'd have yeah, yeah. and you were like you power snatched that last week and i'd be like not a fucking chance yeah no. yeah yeah where is in squats they're like oh this is 200 kilos and it's six months this will still be 200 kilos yeah. in squats you know yeah so i think like in weightlifting you definitely do have to like like you're saying touch the heavier weights you know but for powerlifting you just i think that's the biggest thing you need to take away from slowly, this slowly slowly yeah. you monkey be really patient with yeah. your, your powerlifting programming is it's the number one advice i think we can give people now that doesn't mean train easy no you train still fucking get hard, after like, it in every session. Yeah, you train with appropriate intensity. Yeah, but appropriate intensity could mean doing seven sets instead of doing two sets. Yeah, you fifteen years or twenty years, depending what age you are. Yeah, more if you're a powerlifter. 
Whereas yeah. weightlifting might have 12 years less, maybe 10 years. Even less, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. in powerlifting, you can, if you're, if you're one of the Ed Cones or someone like that and you yeah. you figure it out really early or you get a really good coach and you're really patient with yourself and you're really consistent, you could contain, conceivably progress for those 15 years. Yeah. And be a fucking tank. And when you look back, you'll see the progress is crazy, you know? Yeah, I know it's, yeah, it's, yeah. But the problem is we only look, as humans, we only look in the micro. But that's, like, we get people asking us, can they progress the squat cycle faster? Yeah. The squat cycle is eight weeks. Yeah. And, like... There's nothing. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, like, there's... The eight weeks is so little in the grand scheme of things. It'll be when you're... If you've just started training, or if you're fairly new to training, or if you haven't played sport before, eight weeks seems like so long, you know? Mm-hmm. It's two months. Yeah, two it's nothing. Months in the gym. That is nothing. Like, I really wish we could give better scenarios like we could for the weightlifting, for powerlifting. But you, we just, there is no scenarios to give because you you can't change things like in weightlifting. No, where it's it, not going to be like... Instant feedback. No, and it's... it's The changes you should... Very, have. very rarely do you get the, that thing where... Uh, I, I turn my elbows in. Yeah, and turn I your elbows in or you're like... Um, alter your bar path like this and your lips increase by two kilos yeah then they increase by five kilos then they increase by ten yeah because you've suddenly broken through a ceiling mm-hmm. and you're using all that strength that you haven't been using before yeah that will very uh, assuming your technique is not shit yeah that just doesn't happen that often powerlifting and in a sense powerlifting is nearly harder than weightlifting that way because yeah. you, you can train like a dumbass for weeks and still hit a pb whereas in powerlifting you might have fucked up uh, two months ago and your yeah. trajectory is so far off and you won't know until you finish that competition, yeah. you know? And that that really sucks because it's really, it's it's impossible, you know? It's just really hard in a micro to be like, oh, if you fix this, you'll get back on track. Whereas yeah. a weighty thing, you could change the course of the, the competition in two weeks, you know? Oh my God, yeah. Which is good and bad. Yeah. Because then sometimes I might go to shit and you can't get it back, you know? Whereas a part of thing, it could be three months down the line and you just fucking it, it. There's no turning it around. You yeah. have to be like, there's no complexes that you can do, or there's no special exercises that you can do will help it. You just have to be like, oh, I have to give this three months now yeah. again and figure it out. So and like I, in November of last year, so November 2018, I was like, I knew I was gonna go into powerlifting for a bit, and I was like, I want to figure deadlift. So I started doing shitloads of deadlifting stuff loads of rack pulls my problem with my deadlift is always the same that my deadlift first pull looks the same as my clean first pull in the case that my shoulders stay way way in front of the bear by the time the bear's at my knee i've like my chest up but i'm in advance of the bear which is wrong mm-hmm. the guys who helped me with my powerlifting coaching arthur lynch um who'll be on the podcast soon who will be on the podcast soon he's trying to get me to sit back more so around christmas times around Christmas time I missed 250 a few times then I started doing a load of rack pulls where the bar was at my knee and I built up to like 300 kilo rack pull and a lot of powerlifters have made this mistake yeah and it didn't really work took a step back from that because we were going to Romania and stuff started doing weightlifting more for a while then I came back just started thinking if I need more knees forward I need more squatting so then built up and on the 4th of April did 245 mm-hmm. from max which worked it was still a bit weaker in the knee and then this week which is like 10th of 
what date? May. Tenth of May or something like that. Today's the seventeenth, so it was like the fourteenth of May, which is like six weeks later. Um, and after building my squat considerably, or not considerably, but a fair bit more work capacity in my squat. Yeah. Um, two hundred for six. Yeah, yeah, back squat two hundred for six. Um, I then pulled two fifty, and that was you're still missed, too much of a weightlifter because your squat and deadlift are still almost the same. Yeah, I'm still way too much of a weightlifter, but I've tried to fix it. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. nothing will substitute those the eight weeks, the six weeks, the ten weeks. You just need time training. You re- just patience for the strength training, you know. Which, like, I find so hard because I'm used to weightlifting and like having. A requisite amount of strength to be able to do numbers far in advance of yeah, what yeah. I have now, yeah, and be like, I just need to fix this yeah. movement, you know. It like I, I, I suppose if we're trying to give you some specific advice for your powerlifter, and is the most basic advice of powerlifting program or any kind of strength programming is you start with really high volume and low intensity, yeah. and you work way out, and like there just really is no, and I wish there was. I really, I'm really trying to think of a scenario where you're like. If people with this problem can do this, but you really can't. You no, just have to have no, fucking no, patience. No. And like that's kind of the, it's similar to CrossFit too. So so CrossFit Well, maybe it's a bit less similar in CrossFit because most people's ability won't be maximal weights. So CrossFitters can do because they might not have been doing back squats for like two months. Yeah. And then you do two months of back squats and hit big PVs, you know? And that's super gratifying, you know, for or for CrossFitters. And like you can do the same with your weightlifting, you know, and they can hit PBs because their back squat will have gone better and they've gotten and stronger. Same with their gymnastics. And yeah. Then. So CrossFit in that regard, you you can it can be way more gratifying than powerlifting and weightlifting together because you can just be like, oh, my weightlifting is shit today, and yeah. then you do rowing or something. Your rowing feels way better today. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So in, in like in some terms like that, it's it's uh, for for CrossFit, you apply both if you can if you're in a particular place from a competition. You apply that kind of weight of the advice. You apply that patience with your cra- with yeah. your strength training, and if you're conditioning, you actually very similar to strength training, is in, but a more a microcycle. You just have to be really consistent. So you're doing let's say you're doing rowing or something. You're doing five k's, or you just try a little bit faster next week. Yeah. You don't go faster just because you can go faster. You just a little no, bit more no, patience. No, no, you just you actually have to try and go faster. So you like rowing, it might be like um, strokes per minute or something. Yeah. And you might be doing for like thirty strokes per minute. Next week you might go twenty nine strokes per minute, same distance. Yeah. You know, like you just for that you don't want to burn yourself out. You want to be really consistent. And I think uh, a mistake CrossFitters often make, and like when I've coached CrossFit, we're often very very diligent with our weight yeah and we know like if we get that thing of linear progression and stepped increases and small increases and building volume and then tapering the volume back and building intensity that system seems to get through to them very very well Mm -hmm. but we often fall out it is um with our running you know so we'll tend to want to yeah because running shit because it it is yeah because it hurts you know yeah and it'll tend to be like oh let's just go do a 30 minute run and like what's the point of doing that why are you doing the 30 minute run unless it's like some sort of like blood flow work or just general um general volume but it should be we should be measuring with the same kind of tenacity like you never just go oh i'm just going to do a set of 10 on the deadlift but i don't really care what it is yeah you know or like you're never going to be like I'm just doing a workout there, but I don't really care what the weights are or mm. what the reps are. I'll yeah. just do whatever reps yeah. or whatever weight. So I think if you can be 
like we've been accused of being religiously scientific on this podcast. No um, bad thing. No bad thing. That's probably the best accusation you could make for us. Um, but if you could just take one thing away from kind of programming for yourself for your conditioning work, is get some sort of valuable and like valid measures for what you're doing. Yeah, which it can be very hard. Yeah, and it can be hard. And it's different on rowers and on ergs and stuff where you have a screen in front of you. But take note of what's on the screen, you know. Pacing for... Yeah, yeah, if you've done 20 calves per minute, write that down and write down how that 20 calves changed from 20 in the first round to 16 in the last round. And track that and then write some aims for the next week. Yep. Like really do that as weightlifters or just anybody who's doing weightlifting we tend to track our weights and care about our weights just track your metrics and care about your metrics and your conditioning work as well so then if we move on to um real athletes don't think friends um we're we're um we're back to i suppose we finished our off season uh, our off season our competitions are finished or sorry our, our off season is finished so we've done let's say we're going after the rugby player again and we've done our two days a week and that day we've we were our coach told us gain five kilos in body weight get fucking bigger you know get stronger yeah. like your legs are too skinny stop getting pushed off the ball that's it like he might say that to you and you've come back and you've done that so what do we what, what does that athlete do then let's say you're coming up to a fight or something or you're that rugby player yeah so you try and just do the minimum amount of effort you can to maintain as much of those as you can and that's probably the easiest way to put it yeah so if that means one gym session a week that might only mean one gym session a week and you might not enjoy that you might love the gym now because you're like fuck yeah I got way stronger yeah, you know but realistically being an athlete isn't about doing what you like doing no Um, and if it's look fuck it if you're just training to train go do whatever you like yeah you know if you want to make increases or you want to make valuable increases in the sport you're looking to do or change from a level to the next level to become a higher level athlete, then it's not about having fun and enjoying yourself. It's about actually making valuable change. So say if we've like 17 year old uh, MMA fighter who's been told, okay, you've been a, a 60 kilo fighter for ages. You need to go up to 66. Look, you're not going to gain six kilos of muscle in two months but what you need to say is what changes do i need to start making now to make valuable changes and Mm -hmm. prolonged changes over the course of the next year year and a half so if we have three months of an off season um and we know we need to put on six kilos of muscle it's fairly okay in your mind to say a one kilo increase in muscle per month mm-hmm. is okay and that's not going to be a one kilo increase of muscle so to say beginners is about 0.2 kilos a month is it of actual muscle yeah, yeah. for the so, first year or something like that isn't it yeah so like a nice little you need to be really good at weighing yourself and you need to be really consistent yeah so it's like everything else the very first thing you do when you wake up in the morning if you are a weight class athlete and you're looking to gain or lose weight first thing you do go for a piss and then hop on the weighing scales make sure it's like whether you're in your just underwear whether you're naked same thing every morning go to the toilet then weigh yourself then write it down straight away yep don't because right you'll know you'll remember if Gareth hops on the scale today and he's 100 million kilos (coughs) um, he knows what he is relative to yesterday and he'll probably know relative to what he was last week but he's not going to remember what he was in the second week of April when he was in a similar training style So, so 
I suppose what we're getting there is everything. Yeah, it's just record all your variables for, especially for, so for everyone, for particular for like CrossFitters and uh, real athletes, is your all your variables you want to be recording. Definitely for everyone too, though. It's like your nutrition can have such a huge impact in your training if you're not paying attention to it and you're not being really consistent with it. So if you're not recording, like let's say you've you're you you just happen to be for a month eating more calories, and then your squats started going up. Whoever you are, and then you just you're like oh, summertime and you subconsciously start eating less calories. Yeah. And then you're like, my squat's going down, but I've been doing the same programming that was working. You're like, what the fuck is going on? But if you weren't recording, let's say, if you just weren't even aware that you're eating less calories, you know, you might be fucking yourself over and you don't even know it, you know? Yeah. Or it could be these very, very four hours less sleep a week or something. Yeah. Anything. These really simple things start happening that, yeah. Um, say, if you're working normal job, normal nine to five job, um, you always have your breakfast in the morning. You always have lunch at 11 o'clock. You mm-hmm. always have uh, some sort of dinner meal at around three or four. And then you eat proper dinner at eight o'clock. It might mean that during the summer you go for a walk with your friends or whatever. Um, or you go to the beach after work. And that might only happen two or three times per week. But it means you push back dinner until half nine. Then mm-hmm. you don't eat as much of dinner. Yep. That can be like a 400 calorie decrease or increase per day. And like if you look at over the week, that could be like 1,600. That's fucking huge. Like and if that lasts for three months. That could be an average day over the, that week. Like Yeah, yeah. Um, so look, it's not that hard to track small things. You, you're not expected to be tracking everything all of the time. Mm-hmm. But you need to keep an eye on things. I suppose then, so we've kind of covered everyone way f- far away from competition and we've done kind of almost a competition so and we're at competition for weightlifters we're gonna do like completely like standalone podcast on full competition taper okay we'll leave that alone for a minute yeah 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 so for everyone then okay we have this applies for everyone okay because this is really general advice but i suppose the cornerstone of some of our all of our programs is there is assistance exercises included and when we mean assistance we don't mean doing snatch pulls with your snatch or your dumbbell bench we're talking about specific assistance exercises you know so picking picking which ones for you is very hard but yeah very easy if you are very objective yeah so if you have tiny lats do it yeah if you a lack of muscle in an area Mm mm-hmm a lack of good movement in an area so like how many times do we see it happens a lot with females when they start going overhead yeah. or when they're pressing they have like hypermobility in their elbows mm-hmm. and they need to start doing something like a bottoms up kettlebell press mm-hmm. um, or like some wobble bear stuff or whatever do the things you're shit at mm-hmm. in your accessory work like th- they can also be almost um, essential to progress sometimes yeah so let's say it's I'll, I'll give a specific example for myself i recently have been doing a lot of rear real dial flies but also face pulls more importantly like really consistency really consistently and the reason i'm doing that is because my shoulders roll forward a lot in my pull and i tried to fix it through technique but it hasn't been changing for months so but two three weeks ago I started really, really aggressively doing those about three or four times a week. And like it's almost instantaneously. Now, obviously, I didn't build a lot of muscle in two weeks or any muscle. Or maybe I built like 0.01 kilos of muscle 
yeah my rear more than likely it's like a, a neurological yeah. adaptation like. like i've taught myself a better pathway yeah my body's like oh this is how this would be and your body's more able to like actively recruit those muscles when it wants to yeah and so like let's say you you know that your abs are really weak now oftentimes if you're doing lots yeah. of squat bench and deadlift they're probably not but let's say you do a plank for 10 seconds and you start shaking and you fall over yeah you need to do a lot more planks yeah or a lot more and kind of assistance exercises around those and it's sometimes the specific exercise doesn't matter too much no it's just the area you're actually attacking or and for con- pattern consistently doing yeah. it so a lot of times people be like oh my back's really weak. i'm gonna do weight of pull-ups now and for like two weeks they'll do loads of weight of pull-ups yeah. and then after and then stop yes yeah, so stop for six weeks do another week then stop for two weeks yeah and i suppose like the stopping and starting can come from having really good intentions but mm-hmm. getting after it too much yeah the accessory work is like when we talk about field athletes or like real athletes as garf calls them yeah bulletproof say the gym is just there to to add on to what they do on the field or add on to what Support they do on the it, track yeah. that's the exact same for accessory work mm-hmm. so i can't go and do um weighted white grip pull-ups on tuesday and then expect my overhead position not to be sacrificed on Wednesday mm-hmm. so you have to be super smart and like really objective with how you program your accessory work mm-hmm. um, and it is super important don't just have it as a throwaway thing where it's like oh I'm gonna do buys and tries now for 15 minutes and then mm-hmm. go home Cause no be like I need to do quadruped glute extensions yeah and if I double do back rows single leg stuff yeah. At least once a week, my knees explode. Yeah. If I don't do the face pulls, my shoulders might roll forward. Yeah. Or if I don't do my single leg stuff, my leg will start getting sore again. And a lot of times you might just have to do that forever. Yeah. I would say in terms of direct progress for powerlifters, it's definitely those smaller assistance exercises can be the make or break in yeah. the long term. And they really help to add muscle in important areas. Because it's like a lot of times for powerlifting, you just need more muscle because um, I think a cross-sectional area of muscle, more, more a bigger cross-sectional area is almost directly correlated to more yeah. potential for strength, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a bigger muscle doesn't mean you're going to get stronger. Definitely. But, but a it, bigger muscle is a lot easier to make stronger yeah. than very small amounts of muscle. So having as much, so for, and let's say you're a fighter, you don't want to be, let's say you're a 90 kilo fighter or something, you don't want to be 25% body fat. No. You want to be 14% body fat. The other fat. thing is, if you're an athlete who cuts weight, so like a fighter, mm-hmm. um, jockeys, anybody who's cutting weight and doing a water cut, mm-hmm. when you do a water cut, you lose all the weight from muscle glycogen. Because mm-hmm. muscles are what actually holds water within your body. So when you do a water cut, it's the glycogen within your muscle will hold all that water and that will allow you to flush a lot more. So when you get somebody who's big and jacked, and they need to lose muscle losing seven kilos for a hundred kilo guy who's jacked is going to be a lot easier than losing uh three kilos for a 90 yeah six kilo guys flappy like yeah you want to be especially for weight class athletes you want to be efficient is a good word but yeah. super as jacked as possible is probably yeah, more important yeah, yeah. like you for rugby players it's different start, you want to be more fluff like yeah and like in in sports where making an impact and you're physically hitting someone mm-hmm. mass and the speed that mass is moving at is more important than anything else would you say something like more cushion for the pushing like um no 
You wouldn't say that. I'd be, I'd use the uh, Louis phrase of mass moves mass. <laughs> it's only if you've asked people, they might know that one. Um, on the random subject of Louis, since you brought him up, I actually think, you know, I was listening to his Steffi Cohen video there um, yeah. a few weeks ago, and he's... It's hilarious that she's the best pe- female powerlifter in the world. What, he's and he has no idea who she is. No idea. And even she says his numbers, he's like, oh yeah, that's not oh, bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. In fairness, though, she took it on the chin and did, like, yeah. she's probably over half a million Instagram followers or whatever, and is... Yeah, and is she is crazy strong. Arguably one of the f- strongest females ever. Uh, one of. And he's just like, who are you? Oh, okay, cool. Like, he has not a clue who she is. And, you know, he gets a lot of flack by a lot of newer, younger people to the internet because they think he's a crazy old man. But yeah. there's a fuckload of people out there that can conjugate. And, like, we don't subscribe to that. We don't like it. We don't like it. But so we s- I don't like it. <laughs> or that one. Um, the He says a lot of things that are right, too, you know. So he talks about... If you watch that video with Steffi Cohen, right, he, he talks about... But if you add, if you get your oblique stronger, you'll deadlift more. Yeah. And he's not wrong. Like He's not wrong at all. He's not wrong. Part of the thing is that simple. Not easy, but it's that simple, you know, sometimes. Whereas even weightlifting is that simple too in some regards. Definitely. Like how many weightlifters do we know who have a very shit press or a very shit push press? Mm -hmm. And then they have a shit jerk. Yeah. You're sitting next to one of them. It's not me. (laughs) Like, let's say you f- you follow that through, so you, you, you reduce things down. So let's say your jerk is really bad, and your front squat's okay, but your push press is worse, yeah. and your strict press is worse again, okay? So I'm going to do strict press twice a week, and my push press gets a little bit better, and I keep doing my push press, and because my push press is getting better, my jerk gets better. Way, you know? It's just like magic. I like magic. Yeah. So I think that's... um. We didn't go on any tangents today. We're fairly I think we had the 20 minutes or half an hour of talking beforehand where we went on all the tangents. I don't think the tangents are any bad thing sometimes. No. It's probably more useful for people to reference. Oh. Do we miss anything? Very important. Pre-order t-shirts are coming out. It's too late. What? It's too late. It's not too late. Most are of them they are they all gone? gone? Most of them are gone, I'd say. Shit. I'd say there's like one or two left now that we can Okay, completely neglect what I just said. Yeah. And maybe if you, if if this is, when's this going to be up? Uh, Sunday. Sunday. So if, if this definitely give us a message by Sunday we'll add in a few more but we're just trying to do this first batch and get it right yeah so there might be one or two left if you're fast yeah seek a strength t-shirt's what we're talking <laughs> about um I think I don't think there's any areas kind of I suppose the biggest thing for program for yourself no matter who you are is being very honest and you know even if you don't have a coach it's definitely a good idea to ask someone that you you respect yeah and you're like Dara, what do you think of this program? And don't get thick if Dara is like, it's retarded on. It, yeah. And it mightn't even be, um, so say, right, you're training at this, at your local gym, there's another guy who does powerlifting or weightlifting there. He's good. Yeah, and it mightn't even be handing over your whole program. It yeah. might be, um, Jesus, my, say my squat's really bad, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think about adding in some single leg pistol negatives? Mm-hmm. And just like ask, ask questions like that. Great exercise. Yeah, great he, exercise, by the way. He might be like, or you say, like, my upper back always runs and I'm deadlifting. And he might be like, oh, I used to have that problem. This is what I did. Yeah. And you can go and try it. You or, might figure it out. Six. Oh, I'm going to try and gain a few kilos of muscle. So, mm-hmm. like, say you're playing on a team and the older guys are there and you're like, oh, I'm going to try and put on some muscle this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm aiming to put on this amount in this time. It might be that you're just like, get laughed off. Or it could be that, like, oh, eating some peanut butter before you go to sleep is a really mm-hmm. easy way to do it yeah you, know, you get these tips 
or if it's a thing like if it's any way related to this just message us mm-hmm. you know send yeah. us a message to the instagram page we answer everybody even if they're not on a program eventually yeah eventually it takes a bit of time yeah might take a few days but we'll get back to you Gurf currently has 83 message requests that's pretty low i'd say for a lot of people though <laughs> That is outrageous. Um, and I do, I get back to almost everyone who asked me yeah. the sensible, not even, who asked, no, not even sensible, who asked me a co- coherent question. Yeah. All I want is if you say, hey, how are you on? And then I'll answer anything you say. <laughs> I just don't appreciate when people message me and go, you look at this. All I want you to say is, hey, how are you? And I'll answer it. The funniest. I'll answer anything. I'll answer anything. The funniest is when they're like, oh, uh, I did squat every day. Do you guys do squat every day? Like, and no. they're like, no. They're like, okay, I'm going to do squat every day. Do you have a program for that? Like, no. no. We will never have a program for that. Sometimes people, um, you know, this is it's, this is not just us. This is in general. But don't be an echo chamber when you ask for advice. So let's say you, you went up to that power up there in the gym. Don't just say you're like, I think fucking back extensions will make my upper back stronger. And if he's deadlifting like 350... Which it probably won't. It probably won't. And he says, no, I don't think that'll work. Don't be like, no, no, you don't understand. What, like, this will definitely work. Yeah. D- don't try and for- don't try and keep asking until you hear yourself backwards. Just ask and then try to be so objective. Like, it's, it is really hard to be objective yeah. about your own training. It's just super, it's so difficult. And try not to be the person who's like, oh... They're 20 kilos heavier than me. What would they know? Mm-hmm. Or They're on gear. They don't know. Yeah, they're on gear. They won't know. Or yeah. she's a girl. That's completely different. Or people are like, oh, sure, he's built for squatting. What's yeah, he know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I do want to say just, I do appreciate when people message me because I do appreciate that you have taken the time from your day to send me a question on the internet. Yeah. I know some people don't appreciate that because you take it for granted. But it means a lot to and me. There's that pe- not that many people in the world who spend a lot of their time thinking about what their squat looks like. No, and I do. us people yeah. like talking to other people yeah. who think about what their squat looks like. I really appreciate that people message me and message us and seek a strength and ask me a question because I appreciate that you have enough respect for me that you think that I would know the answer. You respect me enough to listen to me sometimes, you know? I really appreciate that. But just please say, hey, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of the programming, again, you just have to be objective and yeah, be really take patient. a step back. Yeah, it's it's very hard though. Yeah, yeah, it is. Some people it's nearly impossible. Sometimes you just might not be a person who can do that. No, and I'd say most people aren't. So don't feel bad if it's not working. No, and it's so fucking hard. You have to do two people's job, mm-hmm. and you have to do two people's job that directly relates to you. You know, when you have a coach as well, right? So this is something you'll never be able to get for yourself. Not never, but almost never is you will never be able to respect and fear yourself like you will have a coach. No, 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 no. There's nothing like having to walk up to a barbell that you put yourself under so much pressure because you're going to be ashamed if you miss that lift. And that's a big motivator. And it's a good motivator. Yeah. And like, I have to make this one look better because I have to send them the video. Mm -hmm. I have to do all five sets of fucking weighted sit-ups because that's what's programmed. Yeah. Hell or high water, I'm going to do those. Yeah. Whereas if you're just programmed for yourself and it's very hard not to do this where you might be like... Well, I'll just do four sets oh. of or five sets. I'll just do more tomorrow. Yeah. It's very, is, very difficult. It's not the answer. No. I suppose the other thing I would say is mm-hmm. 
trust your own program you know if if you've sat down and if you've objectively thought about things you've done all the things we've said and if after the first four weeks you're not a million times better just give it another four weeks Mm -hmm. you know trust it like just run things repeatedly until you get a true reflection of if they're effective or not and then go again it's just so hard program for yourself i can't we can't emphasize that enough it's just really difficult if you're a real athlete you should have a coach because there's a lot more riding on the line. Yeah. If you're a weightlifter or a powerlifter, it might be your hobby. Well, so you're still investing a huge You're still investing a huge amount. Yeah. So it's just, it's like, I'd almost go and say, sometimes, having a, co- a bad coach might be better than just working for yourself. Or maybe yeah. not a bad coach, maybe a poor coach, a yeah. less than good coach might be a better scenario a mediocre coach is a million times better than no coach than you coaching yourself yeah it's just very very difficult and unless you are strawberry jam 100% strawberry jam and you just thought like the genetically gifted individuals among us you'll know if you are go listen to the genetics podcast if you haven't already you'll know if you are strawberry jam you will know and And everybody will tell you you are strawberry jam which will be bad for your progress mentally yeah you shouldn't tell people they're talented You'll know if you're dog shit. And most of us are mostly dog shit, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. And you say, okay, because that means... Unless you're, like, Icelandic. I'm glad you got in there because I had nothing to finish. <laughs> 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 like, you most likely are, like, some mix of strawberry jam or dog shit. Yeah. Or both of them. You're a mix of them. And uh, I mean that effectively, affectionately, because we are all, me and Dara included. Oh, most definitely. Some dog shit. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes... Sometimes there's nothing wrong with a bit of dog shit, girl. And sometimes dog shit. You no, know, it makes the flowers grow. Well, it does. Yeah. Well, not dog shit. Horse shit does. <laughs> so, like, but you know, sometimes dog shit, people had to try the hardest to figure things yeah. out, and they might be some of the better coaches. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. But so this strawberry jam doesn't mean there's going to be a bad coach. Over the next few weeks, we have a few big things on. What are we on? Um, we're going to Qatar. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, we're also going to do some po- podcasts on. Hopefully we'll get Arthur on, Arthur Lynch of the No Lift Powerlifting Podcast. Going to get Ty Carroll on. We're going to get Ty Carroll of so we're going Ty to get, Carroll CrossFit Programming. We're going to get really specific with the CrossFit aspect of programming for CrossFit in terms yeah. of WADs. Because we are, I suppose, easy way to say it is stick to your lane. Yeah. And we are, we know what we're talking about when it comes to strength we training. We Ty to write our CrossFit conditioning programs. So, like, we're going to get him to talk about that. We're also going to get him to talk about nutrition for CrossFit. Because yeah. Tyg has um, a degree in something. And he's like, he's part of that was nutrition. Yeah. Tyg reads a lot. Remembers a lot. Yeah. And we're he's an absolute nerd when it comes mm, to programming. You wouldn't CrossFit. think it to look at him. No. Tyg is strawberry jam. He is the genetic. Well, he he's won the genetic lottery. His joints didn't, unfortunately. No. His bones are made of dog shit. <laughs> but you look. Um, with T-shirts coming. Um, we're going to be doing the super total soon so a lot of people and I understand this that you if you're not if you're not a full time weightlifter you just you like I, I really like the way this is going is that weightlifting isn't being so elitist anymore yeah. and you can do weightlifting and not be competing in weightlifting you might want to do weightlifting but you might not want to be just a powerlifter yeah I fuck and, and you might want to get you might want to have a good snatch and clean and jerk but you want to be strong as fuck as well. I appreciate that. And you don't want to look like dog shit. You don't want to look like dog shit. No. We all want that. I want that deep yeah. down. So we're Unfortunately, I picked weightlifting. A competition like that. Yeah. 
Um, we're going to do some different guys. If you have podcasts you want to hear, just shoot us messages. We're going to do some stuff on mindset around weightlifting, mm-hmm. mindset around competing. Garth said earlier we'd be doing the tapering podcast. You said that. Oh, I said you that. You said that. I said that. You said that. Um, we're just going to do some stuff on how to approach training and how to actually like concentrate during your training sessions. We're just going to do an entire one well, just on back training. squatting. And um, why Garth hasn't squatted 300 kilos yet. Oh my gosh. Um, getting there. Getting there. Oh, it's close. It's so close. Um, Probably, literally, just... Don't expect them all to be as, as concise as this one because it's hard not to ramble. Yeah. Our tangents are hard not to go on. And we might just have monthly roundups of what happened in weightlifting and, and lifting of Everything. things this month. Um, I think that's it. Thanks for listening, guys.